0: Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning, hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney, Tim Seckler. And welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm. My name is Tim Seckler. I am your host for this show. I am a certified elder law attorney helping families plan for issues like uh, what happens when I pass away, traditional estate planning issues, caring for long-term care, uh, providing long-term care rather for seniors, uh, and doing nursing home asset protection work. Uh, we are serving the greater Pittsburgh-Western Pennsylvania region, uh, offices headquartered out of the Mars-Cranberry area. Uh, and uh, and if this is your first time checking out the podcast, if you're listening to it as a podcast, or if you're checking us out on, uh, on the radio uh, this morning, then uh welcome i think you'll uh you'll find this show to be educational and informative if you want you can go back and listen to all the old episodes you can find them on apple itunes or spotify uh if that's where you get uh your podcast you can find a link to those at my website secularlawfirm.com where you can find the old content what we do with this show is we provide some education some entertainment uh some uh some things i think you need to be thinking about considering what i do for a living And in my law firm, we really see a couple of different types of cases. We see uh, people that are planning for um, young kids. Uh, We do wills and trusts for those types of folks. We do planning for retirees and seniors. Uh, Often on this show, we provide educational uh, material on how to prepare yourself for what would happen if you get sick down the road using things like trust to protect assets. Uh, Today, what we're going to be talking about is is a bit about how we help families where there is already a nursing home admission or there's one on the horizon, and we're concerned about Perhaps protecting the money for Mom, protecting the house for the kids, uh, whatever the case is, because see if you end up sick and uh, in in need of nursing home care in this state it 's over eleven thousand dollars a month to get a nursing, uh, uh, to get a nursing home so there 's not a lot of families that can spend one hundred and thirty thousand dollars of extra assets on a nursing home, and oftentimes when a thing like a nursing home admission or the onset of the need for long-term care, perhaps in the home or community setting, whenever that happens, families start looking for ways to protect their savings, protect their house, and and that's a significant part of what we do at our law firm, is is help families in that situation, and what we're going to be chatting about today is... um, is this five year look back period that everybody wants to talk about, right, so everybody kind of knows something about it It's kind of like it's kind of like everybody knows something about uh you know the how the pirates could win if they would just do this, that or the other thing, but nobody really knows how to help the pirates win. It sometimes seems like a lost cause, but I digress the the idea here is let's let's clear up some of the confusion in the interest of of at least having you have some good information now before we get into that. Before we get into all of the different things that that you could consider with regard to asset protection and saving your house uh, I got to give you the little warning that I do most weeks is that you should not make legal and financial decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show this show is uh, for your information and education every factual situation has its own factual uh, opportunities and you need to chat with a lawyer if you are concerned about these things but um, Uh, And, and of course, we're here to help at any point in time. Another thing you can do is you can go to my website at secklerlawfirm.com. And if you go to the workshops tab, I have a free pre recorded webinar on Medicaid and and asset protection planning that you can check out. The other thing you can find there is our our new and improved Medicaid guide, which gives you some information on how Medicaid really works uh, when it comes to the nursing home. So why do I keep talking about Medicaid? If you're not initiated to how this whole thing works – if somebody ends up going to a nursing home and needs long-term care, and they uh, let's say someone let's let's make up a story. Let's say a guy has had a stroke. Okay, and he was he was healthy one day, and he's not today. Right, uh, goes to the hospital, has a, a, a let's say a hospital stay of four or five days. He's in there for a little while. Uh, and he's over 65 so what happens if that fella needs to go from the hospital to a nursing home for some care rehab or long term uh, what's going to happen is medicare assuming if he's over 65 he's on medicare medicare is going to pay for uh, a short-term rehab stay so they'll help for a while 20 days maybe up to 100 days depending on how it's going after which this gentleman's need to get, need to become a private pay resident of a nursing home. Let's let's assume in our fact pattern here where this gentleman cannot go home. He's going to need he's going to need ongoing care in a residential setting in a skilled nursing facility. So what happens when those Medicare days run out is he starts paying privately at three hundred and fifty dollars a day. Um, and essentially, the way that these rules work in our country, which I think is terrible, but the way the rules work is he's going to essentially have to go broke paying for his nursing home care. Uh, and we're doing that to this gentleman because he had the audacity to have a stroke rather than some other health care issue that might require surgery or medication. See, surgery and medication, Medicare will pay for. That's acute care. But Medicare does not pay for custodial long-term care which is which commonly occurs with things like stroke or parkinson's disease or dementia or alzheimer's and if if you take this and you realize holy cow if i have a stroke or if i have alzheimer's disease i'm going to be on my own at 11,000 bucks a month then you know let alone the fact that these ailments can be terrible um but we work hard to accumulate some retirement savings right um and and the problem is we work hard to re- accumulate some stuff, but depending on what our health care event ultimately is, you stand to go broke because of the way the government rule book works. Right? People that have acute care issues, surgery, most medications, let's say the gentleman had a heart attack instead of a stroke where he has to have open heart surgery and a pacemaker and all of that. Well, Medicare does the heavy lifting on that. That's acute care. But we didn't have a heart attack. We had a stroke, which could have been caused by the same kind of issues. But if he has a stroke, now he needs long-term custodial care. It could be the same half-million-dollar price tag that the open-heart surgery cost but uh instead of medicare covering it now he's on his own out of pocket and and so i don't know why i don't know at what point in time i don't i don't think this is one of those things where like there was there was a room full of smart people where they it came to a decision that said well let's let's make sure that the person who has a heart attack is financially secure but let's make sure that the person who has a stroke goes broke I, I don't know that that conversation ever took place but at some point in time there was some determination that look medicare is not going to pay for the nursing home Uh, in the net effect is people that have strokes or Alzheimer's, uh, Alzheimer's disease end up losing. Uh, and so people don't like losing. People don't want to work their whole life to go broke. And so a lot of people don't know like the, the real rules of how this nursing home system works and, and what am I allowed to keep? And what am I not allowed to keep? Believe me, it takes a long time, uh, to learn the, the intricacies of these rules. I'm still learning the intricacies of these rules. And but but people generally kind of know about this five year look back period thing, because, see, if I got to be broke, then the thought process is, well, maybe I just give everything to my kids. If I just give everything to my kids, then I'm broke. So I can I can become eligible for Medicaid to pay for the nursing home when I need it. But see, Medicaid doesn't want you doing that. Medicaid doesn't want you giving away your assets on a Tuesday and then asking them to help you pay for care on Thursday. And they don't want you doing it those two days before. They don't want you doing it two years before. They don't want you doing it five years before you need the nursing home. That's where this whole five-year look-back period thing came from. It used to be three years long ago. Now it's five years. If you need to apply for Medicaid benefits, they ask you about your assets and your income to determine if you're eligible or not. And you essentially have to go broke before you're eligible. So then on the application, it also asks, have you given anything away in the last five years? And if the answer to that is yes, well, now you got a problem because Medicaid is not interested in paying for you uh, for your nursing home care if you gave away your money to your grandkid. And so, so there's this five-year, essentially, reporting period. Now, if you have made transfers in those five years, then there's a secondary analysis on whether it was exempt or whether it's going to be penalized. See, sometimes my clients are confused. They think they can't do anything within the last five years. There's lots of things you can do. You know, people, I've, I've heard my clients say, well, I can't sell my house because I might need the nursing home in the next couple of years selling your house isn't a problem because if you sell your house you still have now cash assets from the sale of that house and medicaid can get that so they don't care that you sold your house as long as you sold it for fair value now if you sell it to your kid for a dollar you know people use that that language i'm going to sell it for a dollar that's not a sale folks that is a gift the only reason we're saying is there's a dollar is because we couldn't record a deed otherwise right so if it's if i have a $200,000 home and i sell it to my grandchild for $200,000 there's no problem here because there's still $200,000 of cash now in my name that the, that the state can take. So they don't have a problem with that one. They do have a problem if you sell the $200,000 house for a dollar. That's a transfer for less than fair market value, and they're going to ding you on it. Okay, So what does ding you on it mean? Well, if there's a transfer in the last five years, what happens is when, you, when Medicaid finds out about it, which you're going to tell them about it because they get five years of bank statements anyhow, and Though sometimes I think you can make the argument the food is better. Um, I, uh, I think that we, what we really want is, is nursing home uh, care for the rest of our lives, not jail time for the rest of our lives. Because if you don't disclose the gift in the last five years, well, you have just committed Medicaid fraud. So, yes, you have to explain the gifts. Um, and what happens is let's just say that we, we gave away uh, $100,000. Okay, If you give away $100,000 to your nephew – and then need to go to the nursing home in the next five years, what Medicaid does is they take the value of the gift, in this example, $100,000, and they divide it by the average monthly cost of a nursing home, which is now a little over $11,000 per month. So if we would divide $100,000 gift by $11,000 monthly cost of care, the answer is about nine, nine months. For the next nine months, Medicaid is not going to pay for your nursing home bill. Which results in all kind of bad things, because now the nursing home it 's really difficult for them to discharge somebody in that situation. they have to find a safe place for you to go, and they have to have a discharge plan and and other facilities won 't take you because they know you 're not paying and a lot of you know and, and sort of the, it 's difficult for them to discharge you. so what happens? The nursing home's in a tough spot they they start uh, they continue to provide care with no understanding of how they 're going to be paid for that care. Uh, and so they may be incurring costs of eight or nine or ten thousand dollars a month to provide care, with no no known source of payment. And this is where ugly things happen. Like they can sue your kids, and they can come after uh, different types of assets. They can put liens on homes uh, after a lawsuit. They can do different things that. Um we would uh, prefer to avoid, and so this this transfer within the last five year thing is pretty risky when when uh i, I talk families out of giving assets to their kids because if you give assets to your kids i don 't know where the money 's going to be for the next five years if you had to get it back i don 't know how you 're going to get it back um because even if your kids mean well then um you know. Your kid could go through a divorce in the next five years. Your kids could die before you in the next five years, and all all kind of bad things could happen where we don't know if we're going to get that money back, and so that's pretty risky stuff. So when people want to pre-plan, if people want to put plans in place to that you know they're, they're healthy, they know about the five year thing, and they want to transfer some assets to get things started. We typically are going to use a trust because it can be used to isolate your, your money from your kids' potential issues like a divorce or a lawsuit. So trusts are a good tool to do, uh, to do long-term care uh, planning ahead. Um, all right, so let's talk about a couple of other things that occur within this five-year look-back period. There are some exceptions to this, okay? So one, they don't penalize transfers between spouses, So sometimes it it makes some sense to move assets from one spouse to the other spouse's name. Uh, My clients come into the office believing I can't do it because of the five-year look-back period thing, but Medicaid doesn't hurt you for having transfers between assets okay so let's not make an assumption that every transfer is bad there's also exceptions for transferring assets to disabled kids or to other disabled people in certain circumstances so if you have a kid who's on social security disability benefits there may be an opportunity to transfer assets to that disabled child now uh, we need to make sure that you know it's consistent with the estate planning objective especially if if we're dealing with the kid as a power of attorney and and we don't know you know we can't ask dad if he thinks that this transfer to the to the disabled person uh is is appropriate because he's had the stroke or the dementia so we you know all of these things like i said at the, at the top of this little segment here all of these factual circumstances can't be ignored. Um, each family situation is a little bit different, and unfortunately, um, you need a lawyer to help you figure this stuff out. You need to work with somebody who is uh, experienced in elder law, which is what my law firm does. Uh, what we do, the way that we operate with these cases, just so you know, is is we typically will offer you a free consultation if you have someone in a nursing home uh, where we analyze the assets and we try to figure out, is this a family we can help? Can we do anything to protect? Dollars, houses from these long-term care expenses, and if the answer is yes, we'll let you know. If the answer is no, then we'll make a referral to other to other services. Um, but we use our our well over a decade of experience now in handling nursing home cases to, um, to and, and apply those experiences to your factual situation to see if we can help. So, if you got someone in a nursing home, especially a skilled nursing facility, if you were paying privately. Uh, give us a call. The, the The consultation is free, and we may very well be able to help you save some real dollars if the facts work out. So so give us a call if you're in this situation. Another good first step is go to com. S-E-C-H-L-E-R lawfirm.com. Uh, In there, you can find a couple of things. One, you can find our free downloadable Medicaid guide that lays out the general rules around Medicaid eligibility. The second thing you can do is you can watch a Medicaid webinar that will explain to you some of the more intricate rules um, and and just use it from an educational standpoint. Um, Okay, so getting back into this, uh, exempt transfers. We can do do exempt transfers to disabled kids, uh, minor kids, but that's rare to have somebody in a nursing home that has minor children. It happens on occasion. Um, There's also a thing called a caregiver exception. So if uh, and this is with regard to a transfer of the house, there are, if the facts line up, again, I have to caveat all this stuff because I'm always concerned somebody's going to go out and make a mistake trying to do this stuff on their own. But if the facts line up, which we can help you figure out, it's possible to transfer a house to a child of the person in the nursing home if that child has been helping for a couple of years to provide care to the now nursing home resident, mom, if they've been doing that for a couple of years, we may be able to transfer them the house and protect the house without losing it to the nursing home. So that's what we call the caregiver-child exception to the five-year look-back period. Uh, and it it can be a nice tool to help protect mom and dad's home. Um, also in Pennsylvania, they don't penalize currently. They don't penalize transfers for less than $500 total per month. Um And uh, that's a Pennsylvania rule that they could change at any time. I can tell you that does not exist in any other state. Uh, And my experience has been when there's a rule that exists here that does not exist in any other state, and Pennsylvania could get more strict about it, um, budgets being what they are, I'm not sure how long that one's going to last. But you can do it uh, right now. I'm not saying you should do it. Hear me. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying you can do it um, if it makes sense. Um, Okay. And then... If it's not exempt, and there's a couple other smaller ones, but if it's not exempt, then, then it's a penalized transfer. Now, here's the thing. I don't want you to be terrified if you've made transfers in the past. Let's say you're in a fa- uh, family where, um, you know, we, on occasion, I've had families say things to me like this. Um, Dad could use the nursing home, but we gifted the house three years ago, and we know we got a problem. Here's what I would tell you. Um, My analysis and working through these cases always begins with what is in the right interest of the senior who needs care. First, we got to line up the right care for the person. Then we figure out the finances, and sometimes those things are related. But I want you to hear me. Please don't make the wrong health care decision for your senior based on. financial concerns that you only have half the facts on to begin with. Maybe there's an exception. Maybe there's something that we can work out. Even in a situation where there's been prior gifts, if somebody needs a nursing home, there are strategies where we can fix it. All right. so, but you've got to have a pro uh, to, to analyze your situation. This is not kitchen table planning. You know, Home Depot advertises do-it-yourself projects. Elder law attorneys don't because it's difficult. Uh, and if you've got some of these issues, you need some help, check us out. The education materials I just mentioned are, are a good place to start, but the free consult uh, is a better way to get the ball rolling. Um, and sometimes what we do in this situation, if there's been some gifts and there's still some money left, but let's say let's say, dad gave away the house and uh, there's still some cash left. Um, sometimes we can use that cash to get us through the penalty period by buying an annuity or doing a promissory note or some other thing. Uh, and so, if I can if I can work to to fix pre existing gifts um, by by using the remaining funds to fix the problem, um, and this is complicated, it's super hard to explain on the radio. I'm sorry, you know, I'd, I'd do better if, if I had a whiteboard and you could see me. But um, there are ways, even if you haven't done the pre existing gifts to where it might make sense to do the gifts intentionally in violation of the five-year look-back period because we know how to solve the problem. And and on occasion, um, what we'll recommend to people is let's do some gifts. We're going to tell Medicaid. We're not hiding anything from Medicaid. We're just going to tell Medicaid, hey, we gave away the house. Um, You're going to impose a penalty period, and here's the length of the penalty period. We can do the math the same way they can do the math. But then we use the other dollars to to solve the problem. And, and what can result in doing this is, on occasion, and lawyers don't promise results, right? But on occasion, uh, it's possible to save 50%, 60% of the net worth even after somebody's in a nursing home. And if you are married, the numbers can get even better. And so don't freeze if you've got someone in a nursing home. See, when, when, when family members put dad in the nursing home... Um, Oftentimes they're they're hesitant to reach out for help, and I think it's because sometimes you know there 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 was hesitation to go to the nursing home. There's some sense of guilt that dad's in a nursing home, um, and and there's there's this other sense of we just want to keep things private. But but if you don't do any of that, and you start writing these checks for nine, ten, eleven thousand dollars a month. There's no end in sight unless you get some help. Uh, and, and you know, if any other would-be financial creditor were coming after you for $11,000 a month for the rest of your life, you'd probably ask, is there anything I can do to lessen this bill? And, and it should be the same with the nursing home. We want our loved ones to get the care they need, but if I can get my dad the care that he needs – and not go broke in the process so that my mom has a home to live in, well, that to me seems to be some pretty savvy uh, some pretty savvy planning. So don't freeze just because you don't like the fact that we had to do this. Don't freeze because of the five-year look-back period. Don't freeze because of what you read on the Internet. And don't freeze because of what the nursing home billing office tells you. There are still some things you can do even after someone is in a nursing home you just need us to have it, to take a look at it and make sure that everything lines up. So again, um com s e c h l e r lawfirm.com you can find resources there like old podcasts, you can find some articles that I've written over the years but the two that are sort of on point with this nursing home asset protection stuff is um, the downloadable Medicaid guide that you can find on the website and also uh, the Advanced Medicaid Workshop, which is a pre-recorded video of me explaining some of the rules, and you can find that on the website as well. Um, Okay, so that's the five-year look-back period. That's some of the meaningful exemptions and and a little bit on on what we do in that situation to protect people. Uh, There's another thing that you can do that I think makes some sense to protect your family from... Um, the perils of you getting sick and, and and perhaps losing your memory or perhaps passing away is is let them know how to take care of themselves see my uh my grand uh, my uh, grandfather my um, father in law my lovely wife 's father um, passed away uh, a little over a decade ago and and he knew he was he was terminal he had cancer and and you know we we knew and he knew that we were going to lose him. And during his final months, he uh, he took the time to do uh, to do a little book that was called "Upon My Demise." It was a little notebook. He didn't tell anybody he was doing it, but in there he was writing things down that are not really traditional estate planning. It wasn't who gets the money. It was how to winterize the house. And it was what's the handyman's phone number. And it was what's the plumber phone number. And who was the lawyer? And who was the accountant? And um, work with this person for a couple of years, but it'll get less complicated, and then you can work with this person, and it'll be, and it was just, it was all of these helpful things for the things that he was responsible for in their household, uh, and, and he put it into this notebook, and it was such a, a loving gesture to his wife and to his kids, and, you know, he he was a thoughtful guy and took the time to do that, but he also was in a situation that that sort of made him think to do it right he knew he had a terminal diagnosis most of us may never have the time you know we could die of a heart attack we could die in a car accident and so i encourage you to put the same level of thought that he did uh into this and and plan for things um that may be out of your control and there's an easy way to do it um my wife, after having gone through this experience of losing her dad and finding this notebook, uh, wrote a book, and it's a self-help guide to help you do it. It's called How to Change the Light Bulbs When You're Gone, and, and it's called that because her father used to joke that everybody was going to live in the dark when he passed away because nobody knew how to change a light bulb. Right. So in a nod to him, uh, she named the book How to Change the Light Bulbs When I'm Gone, and you can find it on Amazon, or you can find it on her website, which is securingmemories.com, which is all dedicated – to preserving um, the family stories and memories. Um, And uh, I encourage you to check it out, yes, because she's my wife, but also because it's a fantastic set of resources, and and you need to check it out. So it's called securingmemories.com. And so um, in closing, I want to thank you for listening to the episode. I think it's been helpful. Remember to not make any legal and technical decisions based on what you heard on this or any other radio show um, each unique factual situation needs its own factual solution uh, and you should have yours checked out by us or someone who knows the stuff that we know um, and you can find out more information at secklerlawfirm.com s-e-c-h-l-e-r lawfirm.com thanks for listening to this week's show we'll check you out here next week